Jesus said in Luke chapter 12, verses 35 to 48. Be dressed ready for service and keep your lamps burning. Like servants waiting for their master to return from a wedding banquet. So that when he comes and knocks, they can immediately open the door for him. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them watching when he comes. Truly I tell you, he will dress himself to serve, will make them recline at the table, and will come and wait on them. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them ready, even if he comes in the middle of the night or towards daybreak. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be ready, because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. Peter asked, Lord, are you telling this parable to us or to everyone? The Lord answered, Who then is the faithful and wise manager whom the master puts in charge of his servants to give them their food allowance at the proper time? It will be good for that servant whom the master finds doing so when he returns. Truly I tell you, he will put him in charge of all his possessions. But suppose the servant says to himself, My master is taking a long time in coming. And he then begins to beat the other servants, both men and women, and to eat and drink and get drunk. The master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him, and at an hour he is not aware of. He will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the unbelievers. The servant who knows the master's will and does not get ready or does not do what the master wants will be beaten with many blows. But the one who does not know and does things deserving punishment will be beaten with few blows. <clears throat> from everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. This is the word of the Lord. Please keep your Bibles open. Right now, I think, uh, thank you, Verona, that was brilliant. Uh, I wonder if uh, our children can disappear on the screen, because you've got some fun things to do. So uh, there's uh, Natalie, and she's going to be Pied Piper and lead the children round the screen. And uh, I can see that, um, yep, Marley's going to be cool. He's got his dark glasses on. And I think uh, Ziva's going to be choosing which one she goes to. Uh, and from time to time she'll be here, and from time to time she'll be there, and from time to time she'll be in the crèche. Uh, Ziva's a law to herself. But it's great that we're here. Let me just say that at the end of our little uh, look at the passage, we'll ask you if there's anything you want to say, anything you want to ask, and we'll have a little bit of time with an open chat going on. But first, we're going to have a look at that little part of the Bible, and we're going to come and ask a very simple question. 
What would you like to do most next week? Now, don't ask the question. Because behind that question, I'm really trying to find out another question, which is, do you believe that Jesus is coming back? How you answer that question will tell me whether you do or don't. Before this passage, in the last two weeks, we've seen people going out into the new week to try and make this life better. And uh, it leads for most people for the security of wanting money to make this life better. We've seen that in Luke chapter 12, before this passage. So, what goes in the diary is what helps to make this life better, primarily the making of more money. Now, that could be what uh, you want to happen this week, for your life to get better in some way. But the alternative we saw last week, if you look at chapter 12 and verse 31, uh, Jesus is beginning to open up something different to us. He says, look, seek his kingdom and these things will be given to you as well. Actually, give away your money, he says in chapter 12, verse 33. Sell your possessions and give to the poor and so on. The opposite of what most people head out into the week to try and do. And what we're going to find out this week is to understand what it means to seek his kingdom, to put that in the diary. And what we're going to try and do is to leave today, walk through that door with a different kind of desire going on in our hearts. We want to go out into the new week with our diary filled with a desire to serve because he's coming back. And that truth, we're going to find out, will make us fantastic servants of other people once we understand it properly. And the reason why that's the case is the first thing we're going to find out is that God is a serving God let me tell you about Jewish weddings. Next month, many people here will know a couple called Mark and Ellie. They are getting married at two o'clock. I guarantee I'll be home by four. A Jewish wedding, however, lasts a whole week. You don't know when people are going to be coming back from that. And that's what Jesus is uh, talking about. When he talks about a master coming home from this wedding, it's going to be a surprise because no one knows when he'll arrive. But actually there's a bigger surprise if you look at verse 37. The bigger surprise is that he doesn't walk in and immediately order his servants to fill the bath. The first thing he does in verse 37 is to strip to serve them. Truly, I tell you, he'll dress himself to serve. We'll make them recline at the table and we'll come and wait on them. Never mind the stickiness and the tiredness of a long journey. Hi, Lizzie. Uh, grab a seat here. And uh, is your mum here too? All oh, right. So if... Uh, um, 
Where Emil and Emila, yeah, uh, head off that way. We'll carry on. And uh, 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 there's a Bible at the back. Uh, Dorothy, I wonder if you could give that to Lizzie. Lizzie, page 1045. And uh, we'll see what we're doing. Hello. Do you come in? Uh, if you sit next to Lizzie. They're, 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 they're going to be looked after around the corner. They're used to that. Anyway, good evening, welcome. And we're studying about how the amazing God on earth is a servant of other people and what it's going to be like when he comes back and he's still going to be serving other people. So there's the story of the master coming back. Never mind the dust and the dirtiness of the long journey he has travelled. Never mind the fact that he is night time and he'd love to spend the night in his own bed. Never mind the fact that he's probably feeling peckish and he fancies that bit of pork pie in the fridge. No, it wouldn't be a pork pie, would it? <laughs> now, the reality is that he wants to put things on the table for his servants to eat in verse 37. And as soon as their glass is empty, the master quickly runs to serve, to quickly free it up again. I don't know if you've ever let it cross your mind that this is what God is like when he comes back. Quite staggering, isn't it? Now, keep that in mind. Because it helps us to see that serving is not servant behavior, it is God behavior. Our motive for serving, even late into the night, is not that God's got a stick, beat us if we don't, it's that God's got to serve. That's what he loves to do. And so therefore what we need to do is to get ourselves ready for the coming back of Jesus ready to be absolutely overwhelmed by this servant God. And it's that thought that will keep us serving. If you keep that thought in your mind, you watch, it will make a big difference to the way you serve other people. When you expect that that is what's going to happen to you. Now, maybe you're thinking that this is all theory. And... Uh, we just don't know whether God's going to be like this. Uh, Jesus, after all, is telling us a, a story. Who knows whether it's going to be like that when it happens. And the answer is, yeah, we know that that's what it's going to be like when it happens. Because I've already shown you the picture, haven't I? The night before Jesus died, he did verse 37. He dressed himself to serve. And Jesus is telling this story in Luke chapter 12 on his way to die for his people on the cross. And the night before he died, he washed their feet to show them how he was going to serve them, make them clean the next day. There is nothing this God will not do to serve people. That is the amazing thing about the Lord Jesus Christ. And when we show that we're expecting him, 
when we understand we're going to be overwhelmed by God like this serving us, then we'll grab every opportunity we can to serve, just to be like him when he walks in through the door. So, I don't know if you were here at the barbecue on Friday, but uh, at the end of the barbecue, Lizzie and her mom Evelyn were doing absolutely everything in this place to make it spotless. We couldn't turn them off. We couldn't find the switch that stopped them doing that. They were... Now, let me tell you, if Jesus walked in through the door at that moment in time, he would have got to the most comfortable chair, got them their favorite drink, turned on their best music before he drove them to the airport to give them an all-expenses-played holiday in Sweden, which is where they were before they came to England. Okay? That is what it's like when we think about the future and uh, how Jesus will be with his servant people. Look at uh, verse 39. Uh, simply true, isn't it? That we would stay up late to respond to a thief who comes to steal in verse 39. Well, why not stay up late to meet a master who will overwhelm people with the way he serves them. So it's a great thing to understand that God is a server, serving God when he comes back. The second thing we can learn is that serving itself is a great blessing. That's there in Luke chapter 12 and verses 41 to 44. In verse 41, Peter's trying to get it clear in his head who should be the servants. And uh, Jesus uh, replies that whoever serves is valued by God in verse 42. Now look at verse 42 and you see that serving is all about other people. Okay? It's giving them their food allowance at the proper time. In our translation, verse 43 starts... Uh, it will be good for that servant. Actually, the original words say, uh, this servant will be blessed. And even in verse 42, you'll see that uh, uh, this blessing of being a servant is what makes serving not oppressive. It's not a hard thing that God is asking us to do when he asks us to serve. You can see that in verse 42, because for a start, he's not leaving us to scratch our heads, work hard, trying to guess what he wants us to do. In verse 42, it actually tells us he makes it very clear what he wants people to do, to give them their food allowance at the proper time. No big mystery what God wants us to do. The servants know. And not only do they know what he wants them to do, but he actually gives them the resources to do it. He gives them the food. All they've got to do is divvy and distribute. Not a hard task if the raw materials are given to you for you to then simply hand them on. That's not difficult. So what we need to understand is that uh, uh, all this knocks on the head, this idea of uh, me wanting some me time. That's just a fancy way of saying I want to be selfish. 
Look, you don't need me time if you've got a blessing time. And serving time is a blessing time. So we've got to be very careful to not just believe everything that we're told that we need me time to look after ourselves. Hi, Blink. There's a place here in the front for you. Now, it's the thing that we need to be uh, very clear about because there's a lot of psycho-speak out there that tells us what kind of people we're like and what kind of people we need to be. So some people are given the label of being an introvert. So being with other people, it is said, drains their energy level and therefore they need to come away from other people to top up their energy reserves again and then they can mingle once again. Now I've got to be careful how we go down that road. It seems like, yeah, we can serve and then we've got to stop serving and then somehow top up before we start again. Well, you don't have to be with people all the time to serve them, but it is a good thing to serve all the time. You can come away, you can pray for people, you can write an email and encourage them. There's loads of things you can do by yourself for other people. You don't have to be always engaging with people to serve them, but it is a time of blessing when we serve. We don't need to clock off to replenish our joy. And the high point of blessing is verse 44. If you have a look, truly, truly, I tell you, he will put him in charge of all possessions. In other words, as far as Jesus is concerned, when we do something for him, it's just an excuse for him to come and to commend us for what we've just done. God gives us tasks to do, not because he would somehow be stuck if we didn't do things for him. No, God doesn't need us to do anything for him. He can pick on anybody to do those things. He can even pick on unbelievers to do what he wants them to do. God's not needing us to be his hands and feet as people often say. Now the reason why God gives us things to do in verse 43 is so that he can value us in verse 44. And then he gives us more things, more responsibilities in verse 44 in order that he can value us more greatly again. So the reason why it's such a blessing to serve God is because actually the task isn't that difficult. And the whole point of the task is that God can come along and say, that was brilliant, well done, good and faithful servant. Now, if that's what our God is like, and we see that he's a brilliant master, and wouldn't it make us want to be like, like that in our church as well? We ask people to do things just that we have a chance to honour them afterwards. That the worker doesn't look for the honour, 
We're serving God because God is a serving God and we want to be like him when he comes back. So that's the reason why we're doing it. We're not doing it for the well done. But look, if God loves to say, well done, good and faithful servant, isn't that a good thing for us to say to each other? It's a great way to encourage and build up each other as well. So serving is a great blessing. It's not difficult, and it gives us an opportunity to understand how great God is in valuing us. But then another reason to be a servant. If you're not a servant, you will end up being selfish. That seems to be what Jesus is saying when uh, he looks at verse 45. You take away the idea that Jesus is going to come back, and what will happen is we will lose our drive to serve people and we will become selfish. Now that sounds really black and white, doesn't it? If you're not one thing, you will end up being the other. That sounds quite a difficult thing for us to accept, but that is what Jesus says. The alternative is verse 45, and the servant says to himself, my master is taking a long time coming, in other words, I don't need to think about him coming back anymore. And what happens, he starts beating up the other servants. Now, if you don't think it's like that, can I ask, put some face in front of you to show you that it is like that. When people don't live thinking about Jesus coming back, what happens is they become exploiting of other people. So, for example, remember Mr. Saddam Hussein with his grand palaces in Iraq? And the suffering he caused other people in order to keep all that he had? What about uh, uh, Mr. Mugabe in uh, Africa? And the suffering that he causes people? Just that he stays in power. And in both cases, the military uniforms are there to show you that the beating up happens for real. What about uh, in North Korea and uh, Kim Jong-un? And again, the great luxury that he lives in and the great sadness that he brings to so many of his people. I read last week, no, last month, an article about how African leaders had got together and had uh, cut a deal with each other that uh, they would respect each other's policies and let no one else meddle in their affairs. Now that sounds fair, doesn't it? But actually, if you think about it, it's a clever way of losing accountability. It means you'll never be brought to trial. Free reign on whatever you want to do. And the beating ups will go unchallenged. Except, Jesus says, that will not be the case. You can get a deal going with your other mates saying that no one's going to touch you. But look at verse 46. When Jesus comes back, he will punish unbelief for the unkindness that it always brings. Unbelief is, I don't think Jesus will come back. And unkindness flows from that 
every time. But there is not one ruler who will exploit others and get away with it, however they make themselves secure in their own situation. Jesus, when he comes, is going to be well able to meet out the kind of justice where the punishment will fit the crime. Where they have cut people to pieces. Jesus has all the power and authority in the world to respond to them at the end of verse 46 in the same way. But he will be fair. If you look at verses 47 and 48, his responses match people's responsibility. Now, Jesus is using this world's language of discipline, the language of beating with sticks and so on, and so therefore it wouldn't be a great idea for us to speculate what kind of grade of justice Jesus will come back and bring. But the one thing we do know is that it will be fair. Not everybody who is selfish exploits people the same way. And therefore, verse 47, verse 48 says, there will be fairness. We might think that verse 48 is a bit unfair, that the person who doesn't know gets punished as well. It's not their fault, except the Bible tells us actually it is. Ignorance is culpable if God has made it really clear that he is coming back. So to live as if he isn't is not an innocent thing to do. But what's really unattractive in these verses is not Jesus' justice. It is what people do and the way they live when they think they'll never see him again. And the only way to avoid that road is to keep the return of Jesus so much in our minds that we live to serve people instead. Otherwise, the alternative will be to become selfish. Okay, so what's the take-home for us tonight before we go? If you're new to us, you might have come here thinking that the key to a better week is to somehow hope that things work out your way so that you will improve your situation. It's an understandable way to think. And the general impact that will have on us, along with everybody else in Britain, is that tomorrow morning we will wake up and we will go to work to make money because hopefully that will make our life that much easier, pay the bills. Trouble is, if we do that, we will end up next weekend just a bit more selfish and a bit more distant from other people. Ah, wouldn't it be a great thing if tonight you went the other way and you want to humbly come to Jesus, asking him to create a new life by putting his return in the center of the picture. And the end result will be that next weekend we'll be able to look back on our relationships working better because we've ended up living to serve other people in this new week.
yeah, we'll still go to work, we'll still make the money, but that's not the reason why we go out into Monday. We go out into Monday primarily to serve. And either we'll serve or we'll be selfish. What do you think of Jesus coming back will push you in one direction or the other. What happens if you're used to coming to church and you're here and you think it's a bit strange that we're like this and we're pretty informal and those thoughts are going through your mind but let me point out a little trap that we can face if we're used to church and that is to think that Christianity is all about church services rather than church serving. There's a world of difference between the two. Church services can be actually quite selfish. I sit in my own little bubble, I sing my songs, I don't engage, I feel better maybe in myself, and I go home happy. But church serving is about serving others. Understanding that we have a God who serves us and we want the great blessing of serving other people. Not just the one hour, all the time, even late into the night, like that parable was saying. But maybe that we've all been a bit like that. We want to know how should we go into the new week. I want to suggest from tonight, and what we've learned from the Bible, that we want to go out of the new week really anticipating Jesus coming back. Because if that's in the front, there'll be a new game plan. Yes, we'll work and we'll earn, but we'll serve. Because one day we know we're going to be overwhelmed by a serving God, And it's a great blessing to be honoured by him when he comes. When we go out into an unbelieving world, people wonder whether we really believe what we say. Do we really believe that Jesus is going to come back? What's the difference it makes to us? We might say, of course we do. And we might talk to our non-Christian friends about heaven and about hell and say, there you are. We take it seriously. We believe these things. But it can sound a little bit like we believe these things in order to tell you. But really the return of Jesus has no impact and impression on us. How does the unbelieving world know that we believe that Jesus is coming back? Not just to be mouth about heaven and hell, but so that practically we serve each other with his return in mind. When people see us doing that, they'll know that we're convinced that he will return. And when he does, we want to be living and serving like him. I'll stop there and uh, ask uh, if there are any questions.